I actually liked what we did with the Chris's where we kind of just like, we were like laughing and goofing and they just went straight into, they're just like, okay, this is, <laughs> cool. I, okay. Their way was, their way was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in. We'll run with that. <laughs> I think that about summarizes my feelings on the virgin suicides. Okay. I'm Andy. I'm Emily. And I'm Gabby. And you're listening to Madness and Movies. Is that the right order? Yeah. I always have to ask. It's a podcast where we talk about... What podcast am I doing? Who am I? Like... <laughs> We talk about uh, we. What do we do? We we find madness in the places you least expect it. Yes. And um, there was the other. There was we two talk slogans. About madness through the lens of pop culture and vice versa. And pop culture through the lens of madness. Mm -hmm. Because really, we're all kind of mad, and there's all sorts of ways in these movies where there's a lot of character. There's a lot of like movie character behavior that isn't traditionally red is mad but like totally is yes we want to just like pick that apart and like shove it at you okay i gotta find a movie for you guys where because i that's one of my favorite villain tropes is the mm -hmm. villain that is 110 percent right about the culture yes. they're navigating um and i just i really need to find a good one and just yeah, yeah. i was i was kind of bummed that i couldn't like find one but anyway yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's one way that this kind of started is that we were both kind of reflecting on how the villains are right and in a lot of ways i mean my 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 go-to example is scar right from the lion king which we did yeah. last month stick with me and you'll never go hungry again like jesus <laughs> and, okay, now, yeah. and now he's the bad guy and he's the bad guy <laughs> but timon and pumbaa are secretly the heroes of that movie. Oh, they definitely they are. Were, right? Yeah. They were the most. Gay great. icons. Yeah. And the best. Yes. And they yeah. saved the revolution. They had their own little revolution aside from everyone else. And it was a party and they didn't hurt anyone. And they didn't perpetuate the horrible, you know, system of eating other animals. And they were just kind of like chilling and friends and adopting an animal of another species. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. A good, it's a good model for your queer family yes yeah. yes you know it's not a good model for a family the lisbons yeah <laughs> the family and the virgin suicides i don't know if you can guess from the title they all die in the yeah. end <laughs> We've skimmed right over you. Oh, that's okay. Um, hello, everyone. My name's Gabby. I also have a podcast. It's called Our Continued Conversation, and it's a Vampire Chronicles fan podcast. We're pretty new. We just started a couple of months ago, and um, we only have about two to three episodes up, depending on the platform you find us on because of technology. Um, but we're on Twitter. We're on um, Stitcher. And we're on Spotify. Um, but if you guys are interested in that... Um, we also do talk a fair bit about mental illness just because it comes up. 
and anyone who's familiar with those books will know that that certainly is the case. Um, another one of those, the villains, well, I mean, the antiheroes did nothing wrong. Oh, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> antiheroes did nothing wrong. The show. The show. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, like, jokingly refer to ourselves as, like, the main character apologists. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. So, and I also am friends with these, these two, so. Yes. Yes. That's why I'm here. Should we do the plot synopsis? Yes. Super quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This was, you introduced okay. us to this film. I don't know okay. if you want to. All right. Like, um, I've read Top level, super quick. All right. Bop, bop, um, so <laughs> surface level is the book and the movie follow the, um, kind of the recollections of a group of neighborhood boys that lived in the Gross Point area of Michigan in the late 70s and um kind of their um obsessive um remembrances of their neighbors the the lisbon girls and um their kind of descent into um depression and suicide um that's in sort of the events that led up to the uh large number of them Killing themselves, so. All five. Yep. Yeah. All five. And basically the events that lead up to it, um, the youngest dies by suicide. Yep. Uh, yeah, Cecilia dies first. Yeah, and then um, the parents just become increasingly overprotective, basically, and um, one of them kind of is caught staying out at night, sleeping with a guy, and then the parents are extremely overprotective and they're not allowed outside of the house and then they die. Yep, and they all decide to commit suicide together. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the loose events of the story. So I actually am interested to see what your, like, individually what your initial thoughts were. <sighs> yeah, I mean... My my initial thought was like like one of the last scenes in the movie, right? Like, is sort of they're showing like the aftermath of the suicides and like tracing how that rippled outward through the community. And there's a guy at like a party who kind of goes like, oh, "No, it's too late for me," and then like oh, throws yeah, himself in the pool. Like, and then and yeah yeah they're pulling they're pulling him out of the pool. And he's, yeah. yeah exactly. He's like, "No, you don't understand me. I'm a teenager. Yeah. I have problems." Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching it. I'm like, like fuck that, you. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, not yeah. just not just fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, that's our audience standing. That's ninety percent of the people walking away yeah. from this. That's ninety percent of the people walking away from this movie. Yeah. I felt like we're gonna, you know, oh, walk gosh, away and yeah, go you're like, right. walk yeah. away going like, yeah, that was so sad. Those teenagers, they just, they didn't understand what life was really about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like teenagers are so over dramatic. Yes, and exactly. And they're only thinking of like, themselves. Yeah. Like they'll watch the film yeah. and they'll walk out and they'll feel like they learned something and they'll feel self-important and just pff, right over their yeah. heads. Yeah. That's interesting. Like just because like I my experience reading the book and watching the movie was always as someone who has been suicidal and who has um struggled with depression and things like that like pretty consistently like through my adolescence and into my adulthood. So it's <laughs> I never, I, I, the idea that that's what you would come away with is shocking, but not surprising. Yeah. It's, it's, it lacks empathy, but I get it. 
Like, especially since we don't really get insight into what actually, like, what it was that actually drove them to that mm -hmm, state yeah. in the first place. It's interesting, too, we talk a lot about, like, dichotomies on the podcast and how mm -hmm. there's two options for mad people a lot of times, and I feel like this really got into it as well. There's either that reaction of, oh, those, kind of like a dismissal, those stupid teenagers. yeah. Just, yeah. Over dramatic. I mean, they're teenage you're too girls, young. So yeah. they're especially stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're you're too young to know that there's so much more to life, right? Like that's like one of the first yeah, lines. Yeah, the, the, the youngest one, whatever. Life gets. Yeah. yeah, and the youngest one's like, honestly, sir, you don't know what it means to be a 13 year old yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, but, Cecilia Goth icon. Yeah. But then I think the other option, the other type of reaction there was, was the reaction of the main characters, which is oh, these women who died by suicide, they're so mysterious, they're so complicated, we'll never figure out what happened. It's a puzzle that we can't fit together. Yes. We'll never yes. understand. And it's Yeah, this, like, it's, it's a refusal to yeah. look, yeah. almost, actually. Like, it, they're obsessively going over these, like, ephemera yeah. over and over again. And, and, like, in the novel, they actually, like, go through and name the specific objects that they've mm -hmm. sort of collected yeah. from the girls' rooms, and they all, like, they have them. They, they've they stolen them from the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's... And they've kept on to them, uh, like, well into their adulthood. Yeah. And it's... It, it is almost like... I hadn't even thought about it. It's like, we're gonna keep going over and over again, but we refuse to read between the lines. We refuse oh. to guess. And that's... I feel like that's explicitly, like, like when the, the priest comes to visit the house... Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like that, like, that one scene, like, that encapsulated the whole movie, that, that like, so perfectly, yeah. that, like, the priest comes to the house and wants to talk to the father of the, of the, de the now deceased daughter mm -hmm. about what happened, and the dad, like, almost, almost wrangles the, like, the courage or, like, the, whatever yeah. the, the, like, yeah. the, like, the energy to, like, talk about it. He's like, father, it, and he kind of stops and goes, it was a double play, father. Mm -hmm. They, yeah, they got a double play. Yeah, like he just—it's not even that he's like like I wrote down the dad won't talk, and then I scratched that out and later wrote oblivious, and then I later scratched that out and wrote avoiding in all caps. Oh like yeah, he, oh yeah. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's a refusal to engage with what actually happened, and just and instead just go so mysterious. We'll never understand what drove her to that place. We better take this fence out just in case. Yeah, like it's yeah. a very um, perfunctory surface level engagement. And all the neighbors were involved, and so they all feel like they're helping, and they're not. Mm -hmm. You can't. Yeah. And it's it's a very shallow gesture against actually engaging yeah. with anything. Yeah, and it's also part of the fetishization. I think that was my main takeaway from the film, is I just kept feeling like these women are being so fetishized and glamorized and romanticized and... Yeah, this this refusal to see them as people, I think, as real people struggling yeah. and in pain, and instead just looking at them as, um, yeah, mystical. Almost. Yeah, like they're yeah they're they're the mystical like kind of they were ghosts before they were ghosts. Mm -hmm. I mean, like yeah. they're in those like flowing white dresses, uh, and they're gauzy and seen through all of these little like halcyon yeah. like filters, and it's just they're oh not. Like, they were, I mean, also, I mean, you're looking at their memories of them over years and years and years of doing yeah. this, that we're not actually seeing how they even felt yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, like, the film, it's not just the male gate, like, it's explicitly narratively 
the male gaze. Like the story is four men mm-hmm. talking about the women. We don't hear from the women. We they don't really interact with the women a whole lot. We don't these sisters. We nobody's like asking them what's going on or talking to them. This is all men sitting around talking about like. Yeah, I mean, in the scene with the diary, uh, with yeah. Cecilia's oh, yeah. diary, like, they... And then we really understood her. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, they, they refuse to actually engage with the material that yeah. theoretically are the private thoughts of this person. Right, they skip over all the pages about Yeah, like, yeah, they, oh, they skip over boring. pages and pages of it, yeah. and only remember <laughs> and choose to look at things that fit into their own, like... Yeah. And they also, as boys, as teenage boys that are couldn't have been more than like 17 were already positioning themselves as experts on women's emotions yeah. and like like the one boy like looks through and oh he's like smart one he, yeah he's like analyzing her handwriting and yeah. he's like ah oh, this is obviously a disturbed mind she didn't dot her eyes properly <laughs> and, yeah and like he's like you know she was completely disconnected from reality mm-hmm. when she killed herself and i'm just like no <laughs> no she was more in touch with like kind of the she... utter hopelessness of her own like the reality of her own emotions yeah. She was, intensely, she was intensely, intensely aware, aware of reality. Yeah, and, like, it's it's so, you know, and the fact that, like, the psychologist that they have her see does a perfunctory examination yeah. of her, um, and he had already kind of made a conclusion in his head that the mother was overbearing, mm-hmm. and that I just need to, like, sit her through some tests and I'm just going to tell them to let her date boys. Mm -hmm. And that you kind of get the sense that he had already decided that before he had even spoken to her. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as the mother walked in the door, he's like, never mind. He's like, oh, never mind. It's all solved. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I I was also thinking about that night when they all um, died by suicide. I felt like that's very emblematic of kind of the boys... Uh, reactions and what the boys are thinking about these girls that they call the boys over to help and basically the boys are just so excited and fantasizing about rescuing them yeah rescuing but not even like really rescuing they just want to have sex with them yes they do yeah yeah they're all pitching a tent yeah yeah Yeah. talking about how they can't wait to have sex and this one guy says, "Oh my gosh! If I yeah, could, these girls drive me crazy. I just want to. If I could feel one of them just once, yes, 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 yeah. They're like thinking about that while these women are planning their suicide. Like it's these boys who are out of touch with reality and not willing to examine the fact that like these girls are having inner lives and having like." crises and pain and these boys are like oh rescuing is that an opportunity to have sex, sex with, with you I, I bet they would be grateful enough to us to yeah. have sex with us yeah. and yeah it's oh my god that yeah the sorry the the the, the car scene like they, they have, they're fantasizing about the car and the girls are like draped lovingly onto his shoulder yeah and, yeah, and, he's and got has two, her arm and he has, yeah and he's got his yeah. arms around one of them and like and i'm like Man, like that's his, that's his memory of that's his that's what he's thinking. Like the first thing that's gonna happen, right? Like I'm gonna we're gonna get them out, and three hours later, I'll have my arm around two yeah. babes, yeah. and like yeah, like dude, they are fucking traumatized. Yeah, <laughs> like, they've like, been kept prisoner in their own home for months. Like, yeah. um, and and like it makes it pretty obvious that they're suffering from symptoms of depression too. Like 
they're not eating and they're not bathing and like the people that do manage to interact with them describe them as being sort of visibly depressed yeah yeah which who wouldn't be Um. right i mean like it's it's a completely (laughs) understandable yeah because it's just and also just like the idea that their parents treated them as a collective too it makes sense that they died together yeah yeah oh that's that's such a thing that i i only know the names of what Lux, Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst's character, yeah. and then Cecilia, the youngest one that died tragically and is all over the news and is very famous. Mm-hmm. And the rest are just like, I mean, literally, they're raffled off as a collection of blondes. Yeah, yeah, like, um, like I think it's uh, Therese uh, that says like, like uh, Mary asks who the other boys are that yeah. are taking them to the homecoming dance, and it's like who's going with who, and Therese just goes, "They're going to raffle us off." Yeah, yeah. And it's and it, and they all have to go through that in order for Lux to have this date, right? And they're all willing to do that so that one of them can go out and do something for herself. Yeah, and yeah. you you really do get the sense that they have their own strategies for emotional survival as a collective. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I feel like you get more of a sense of that in the film than you do in the novel, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because you just see them together interacting mm-hmm. in a in a like a physical different way than you do yeah. like. I mean that scene of all four of them in the bathroom, just like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like they only have each other to understand what's right. Yeah, what's up or down. And also, anything. like, when Lux is in trouble, everyone is. Right. Yep. All of them get put in a cage. Yeah. Yep. They're also all dressed in the same exact dress. Dress, yeah. Dance. They're not yeah. allowed to kind of take out their own dresses. I want green. No, I want green. <laughs> yeah, no, they just all end up in the same... Yeah. It's... And I mean, like, Cecilia, like, is marked on the outside of like as someone who like is visibly different initially because like her whole thing in the novel is that she's wearing like this vintage wedding dress and like is putting on like makeup like um like a silent film star and stuff like that um and that's like her she's like really like into that kind of stuff and she's different than the rest of her sisters and one of the mothers just kind of makes this remark that oh you know that one was a kook the rest right. of these girls will have a bright they future. Bright yes, future. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Do you think she says that because Cecilia was the only one who had died by suicide at that point? Yes. Or, okay. I do. I, I, immediately I, I, sours. I, I, I don't yeah. think, I think that everyone just kind of thought that that would be the quickest way to kind of move on as a community without right. having to examine anything. It's yeah. to just go, oh, that right. one was gone. That one was already, yeah. you know, different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's also the only one with her own room. Yeah. Um, all the other ones, um, I think, had, like, their own, like, were in pairs. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Huh. And that's something that's been, like, brought up a lot um, in some, because people are like, well, why did they? Yeah, or yeah. why would Cecilia kill herself? Yeah. And there's some, I don't know how to really, I don't know if there's anything explicit in the text that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the case. So uh, this isn't a, I'm saying no to this mm-hmm. theory, but um, that um, Mr. Lisbon was molesting her. Oh, and so he gave her a private space. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I um, I felt like maybe it was because she was different. Um, yeah. In this very white, very upper middle class neighborhood. And it sounds like she didn't, at least in the book, she didn't quite fit that ideal. No, Everything I mean, else. she was definitely yeah. like the artsy one, I yeah. think, out of all of them. And she, like, I was, I was telling them before, it's like, she has like a bunch of like, witchy stuff all over her room and it's just very like peak peak goals for a 13 year old mm-hmm. i would have loved it mm-hmm. yeah still do um <laughs> and just like oh my gosh so aspirational <laughs> I, I always thought it was that she was the youngest one and so she sort of could see like her you know through her sisters right like see her whole life stretched out ahead of her yes and see yes. like oh this is this is, this is what my future this is, is. This, yeah. is it. this is it this is all this is all there is nope nope checking out of that one right no there. absolutely i think that's absolutely like uh that i think that's right i mean like she again she's able to and especially like with sort of lux emerging like as kind of the person that's going to be like in trouble with boys yeah. or whatever like i she can see that and how much that's being like already sort of pretty viciously curtailed, right? Um, yeah. Like even her like innocent crush on like the garbage man or whatever is like mm-hmm. a big traumatic event, right? And like <laughs> yeah, like you know I got she's the garbage a, man. Yeah, I mean she's like she probably would have been like thirteen or so at the time, mm-hmm. and so like you know yeah she did that and that's a little much, but who cares? Who cares? It's she has an innocent crush on the garbage man, like. Right. And it's other people, frankly, making it into this yeah. big sexual, like, provo- um, provocation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's pretty subtle, but I feel like Kirsten played it mm-hmm. very differently when you saw Lux just being normal. Yeah. Versus when she was being under the subject of, like, when she when the image of her mm-hmm. was brought up. Because... Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, when the image of her is brought up, she's, like, very sexualized. And provocative and on purpose. And it's this very, like, it's seen as, like, kind of precocious. Yeah. Um, But when she she acts like a normal girl right. when she's being spoken to. Yeah. She and she actually does. answers. Yeah. And her gestures are normal. And it's very different when mm. these boys and men are looking at her. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, I frankly think a lot of the kind of idea that she was mad comes from this idea that they see her as provoking a sexual response in them, and therefore she is sexual. Yeah, yeah. Ah. That's interesting. Yeah. Blame the victim. She made me do it. Yes. She was, yes. Looking, she was looking at me, Your Honor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I could see that being a lot of kind of the way they remember her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You said um, you wanted to talk a little bit about um, more about like the male gaze and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I just felt like these women were being fetishized. Um, they, yeah, they weren't real people. They weren't real suicidal people um, struggling with the lived and embodied experience of suicidality and deep pain. Um, they were just kind of uh, 
hot, attractive bodies that Mm -hmm. um, died by suicide and that now makes them fascinating and cool. And I think you kind of spoke to that, that that was how the audience viewed them as well, that they they were seen as cool and icons. Yes, yes. Like, because, I mean, obviously, like, there are a lot of very strong visual images that are very attractive. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, I mean, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. And a lot of people that, you know, frankly, like, were younger and probably, like, just coming into their, like, emergent young womanhood really, like, connected with feeling like there was no other, like, way out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where it's, like, I, and, and also I, I, I just think that it also, like, whether the intent was there or not, it's this idea that you better be pretty while you do it. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's... Live fast, you... Li- li- Live fast, die young, and leave a pretty corpse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James exactly. Dean, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, again, it's sort of like, again, like the Laurel Palmer thing where, like, from Twin Peaks, where it's just like her, like, physical body and, like, her image yeah. kind of ends up being a haunting ghost more than, and very only a couple of characters really know her. Yeah. As, like, a real person. <laughs> so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. very much in the same mold of, like, kind of the mysterious, yeah. unknowable dead girl. Yes. I think it's interesting. I think 13 Reasons Why um, has come under some criticism for this. Mm-hmm. People say that it follows that trope. But I don't think it does. I think it's really rebelling against this yeah. trope in a lot of ways. Because she does make herself knowable. And she says, right. here are 13 reasons why I committed suicide, and you were one of them. And No, I mean, like, it's so funny that people, like, get all, like, I haven't watched it because mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, it just doesn't, it sounded really, like, unpleasant to yeah. me in a way that I just wasn't interested in watching. Yeah. Um, that they're, like, people are gonna, like, girl kids are gonna think that, like, it, that they can just sit there and blame other people for their mental illness yeah and i'm like yes do it yeah Yeah. smash the patriarchy yeah like blame other people tell everyone tell everyone what he did like like, that's that's like yeah i'm just like no fuck you like this needs to be like especially since i i'm aware that she was raped in the story like yeah like it's like no fuck it yeah tell everybody Make him feel bad. Like, why does she have to keep it all to herself and then get all better by herself? Right. Yeah, and I think part of the reason that the girls in The Virgin Suicides are, like, fetishized is that they didn't blame anybody. They just went away quietly and gracefully. And then they died pretty. And, you know, they they didn't get fat. They didn't do any, Mm -hmm. you know, they got... Lux gets like emaciated yeah, and yeah. and is described as an angel by an adult man who's right. having sex with a fourteen uh-huh. year old. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing. I feel like there's nothing that men love more than like emaciated dead women. Like, yeah, like that's just peak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've talked about this on Black Swan. I kept saying in the podcast on Black Swan. Like, Men love dead women. Yeah. I, I think this film speaks to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is, like, pretty much, like, the ultimate dead woman movie. There are five yeah, of them. Yeah. <laughs> and don't the boys, like, explicitly say that they don't get married in 
in adulthood? Or? No, oh, no, the, they do. The quote is, they make us happier with dreams than wives. Or the, in, in death, okay. they made us happier with yes. dreams than with wives. Okay. Like, they all have them. They all go on to, like, in the okay. novel, they explicitly have families and things like that. But they just, nothing is the same as, like, these compliant imaginary women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Because, yeah, that's the thing, is, like, their only interactions with them are, like, after they're locked up. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. And their only real interactions, yeah, and, and it's all safe. Like, they, for, it, from their perspective. From their perspective, yeah. From their perspective. We don't know what was the intention on the other end of the, on the other end of the telephone line or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it from their perspective, it's save me. S.O.S. Come to me, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, if only I could have done something more. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just think that it's very, um, again, they're, they're in their own memory of it over and over again, mm-hmm. that they've obsessively gone over, they yeah. have created fantasies. Right. Yeah. 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 And, um, one thing I wanted to talk about as far as like a collective fantasy for them is like, even while they were living, the community around them is a wealthy, like, upper-middle-class to upper-class neighborhood. Guess yeah. who's going to, you know, didn't your father start the, uh, uh, yeah. start the, the law school at Yale? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's just, like, and, like, they should be kind of these perfect, like, avatars of that, mm-hmm. given that they're all, like, oh these beautiful, you know, silent white women. Yes. Um, blonde very important and um but and like but the like kind of in death and in their madness they're seen as like oh you know they can tell that the values of our houses are going down like they're just reacting to like the anxiety we're all feeling this is like a contagion that they caught yeah and like the adults explicitly see it as like um like, the decline of the neighborhood started with the suicides of the Lisbon girls. Yeah. And, like... Well, de- the decline of the auto industry started with the suicide of, of the Lisbon, Lisbon girls. girls. Yeah, like, it's, like, kind of this idea that, like, your corrupted women are the sign that, like, yes. your, like... It's, it's almost, like, on the level of a southern gothic, like, decaying plantation. Mm. Like, it's that same kind yeah. of connect... Like, such a deep identification with, like, the very way of life in the building yes that like they're considered the property and product of rather than necessarily again like they don't care about it's and you know the hysteria around like kind of the state of the youth when cecilia died initially it's like oh we got to make sure that we can contain and control this yes rather than actually like paying attention to anyone's mental health yeah or just talking to them or finding out kind of yeah from their perspective what was this like mm-hmm. yeah it's such a like it was such a hardcore like unlikeness stigma campaign mm-hmm. like just imme- yes. just immediately like monitor each other children read these pamphlets yeah, like, like yeah. watch for this one of you is broken <laughs> yeah watch for like the signs it's like disease it's right. not um mm-hmm. uh Actually, like, one thing that I was thinking while we were watching is we were talking earlier about kind of the confinement of being a child. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I was actually wanted to know what you were thinking. When... Yeah, I was thinking that in some ways this is a movie about adultism. Like, these girls are, yeah, just being totally deprived of any power whatsoever. Um, in getting in trouble for doing normal, typical things that adults are allowed to do every day. You know, if you're an adult, you can go and spend the night with someone, and it is not a big deal. And like children in society are so shamed for that. Like teenagers are so shamed for having sexual feelings or acting on them in any way. And you know, it's almost seen as the parents' right to know that, of course, yes, know or the parents' fault. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 It's like they're an extension of their parents. You know, if they do something wrong, yeah, then it's either blamed on their parents or it's something, it's a problem that their parents have to control. Um, and yeah, that absolutely like drives people to suicide, but no one's looking at that. No one's response is, well, maybe we should let youth have a little more power and agency over their own lives. Instead, the response is, you know, in, in what ways can we control them more? In what and ways? what ways can we adjust them to yes. that? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. it's, I mean, I actually, like, I don't, again, in the boy's own memory, and probably in the way that their mothers spoke about it to them, like, framed it as their mother is very anxious, and you see her be anxious about a number of things. Yeah. That I think, frankly, like, you could see, like, a visible mm-hmm. sign that she was, like, yeah. physically starting to become anxious. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, Kathleen Turner's amazing, so, like, it's... Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's it's explicitly putting the blame on the mother. On uh, the mother, yes. Let's focus all of this onto one person. Yeah. And not I mean, examine like, anything else. I mean, like, the <laughs> thing is that, like, they're, her, I mean, Mr. Lisbon, like, isn't doesn't appear to have any adult friends his own age mm-hmm. nope like he's trying to get boys to come over so he has someone to talk to <laughs> yeah. so i can show you this cool arrow flow yeah that like, I designed. like he doesn't actually have like other adult relationships really outside mm-hmm. of his family yeah and i mean it's not his it's not necessarily his fault either it's just it's interesting how like i don't know like uh, that it's so like sort of explicitly thought of as like a flaw in the mother. Yeah, yeah. Rather than maybe a difficulty with the whole family system or any anything else, any other way you could possibly imagine it. Yeah, or how is the father, I don't know, whatever, just what stressing input? out the mother who then passes that on to the kids or whatever. Uh, yeah, or like, or, I mean, know. certainly she didn't come up with patriarchal ideas of what girls should be like or do on mm-hmm. her own. He's complicit in that. right. As yeah. is everyone. Yeah, like, it's just, but it's just, no, it's, it's, the mother is being too smothering. Yes. Yeah, but, like, the mother is just, like, this perfect example of this, like, the, she's the perfect Catholic family. Like, all of the kids are one year apart. There's 16 right. and 15 and 14 and 13 and 12 or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it's like, like, they're, they're the good Catholic family and the priest comes and visits them and they're and doing I, everything exactly by the rules and, yet yeah, it's the mother's fault. I actually wonder how much them being Catholic was unusual. Mm. Still. Interesting. That's very possible. Yeah, like, because, like, all of the other, like, families are kind of i mean you have like the one italian family yeah who would be catholic mm-hmm. and they seem to be more integrated into the community yeah and it's not really clear to me 
what the makeup is, even though it seems, it's kind of coded as very waspy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, it was still like, it wasn't that long ago that it was a big deal to have a Catholic president, you know, like, and so I don't like the idea that it's religious, the, the idea that it's a specifically a religious aberrant or like madness. Mm, Yeah. Mm. Um, and that, that, that is that is too much emotion in your spirituality, too much attachment to it, and really you should let those girls be with boys rather than yes. trying to like cling to this virgin fetish. Right. Yeah, that's another thing. There's this constant assumption that the girls are being deprived of boys, and that's yeah, really yeah, like that's never really examined in any meaningful way. Yeah, it's given. It's a given. Yeah. They're deprived of companionship. And therefore, they need boyfriends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not they should have more girlfriends. They should have hobbies. They should think more. Because, like, in I think you get less of a sense of it in the film, but in the, in the novel, they do go into, like, their individual hobbies. Like, like Mary's a musician. Uh-huh. And, like, was in, like, choir and other... Like, they all had stuff that they liked mm-hmm. on their yeah. own and were clearly individual individualized like it's just yeah no one else treated them that way yeah yeah until they die until they well, until no, they die no, and then you I run mean, a specific little expose on this one wanted to be a cheerleader this one liked horses that one was a poet but until but that's that's the only time they're given like personalities given and traits and, and, and you whatever. know isn't that sad and you know we can just sort of say that and then brush it under the rug yes and i think that's something that like really struck me when watching this movie is just the way that in our society no one really cares about suicidal people or about people who are actively struggling actively in pain um that's seen as you know bad or evil or selfish um we don't want to give that attention we don't want to reward that with attention right or we want to punish that we want to involuntarily commit people but as soon as someone dies by suicide when they're dead. Like, oh, no. So yeah. Much. We want to know everything about them. No, I just, and, and that's a reason why I've never really discussed the content of my, like, suicidal ideations uh-huh. and things like that. Just because I didn't want to be, like, argued out of it or shut down. Yeah. Or any of the other things that have been, like, mm-hmm. because, like, basically, like, anytime I've I've had people try to, like, kind of discuss it with me, like, it was... Like they could talk me out of it, and that and then it was done. Right, right. Yep. And we solved the problem, everybody. She didn't do anything today. It's very medical, yeah. Like, how do we take care of this emergency right now, and then uh, you know get her out, and uh, yeah. And it's just it's something that, and you know, and then you learn to deal with it completely by yourself. Right, right. And so you just have a lot of like long nights, mm-hmm. and <laughs> like. I mean, they probably weren't sleeping either. I can't right. imagine they were. Like, it's just when you've all decided that you're going to die together, yeah. you don't. Yeah. It's. Yeah. That's an interesting, like, thing to, like, s- just sit on for a minute is, like, how long did they have to plan? Yeah. Yeah. Like, when, who said it? Who brought it up? Yeah. yeah. I imagine it was most likely Lux. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel like that, too. She's, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we just, she just ha- does the most mm-hmm. activity <laughs> that other people can see. 
Yeah. And the rest of them suffered quietly, even though they were in as much pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, there's just this hand ringing. It's like, she's acting out with sex. Right. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> With sex. <gasps> and such horrible shaming. Like, yeah, she, her punishment for this acting out or whatever is that she has to burn her records well because they're from the devil and they're all sexy you know aerosmith's going around in stretchy pants topless right and whatever and like burn the aerosmith record burn kiss like kisses like uh, yeah it's all sex drugs rock and roll burn kiss i don't know it felt very witch burning to me like it was very like atavistic almost like (laughs) it's like we're burning the sin out of her like it's weird yeah, yeah. It just also felt so like shaming. Shaming, yeah. You've done something horrible and bad and evil, and you know, I, I think that's another part of adultism that like adults not only get control over what children do and say, and you know where they can and can't go, but they get control over how children feel about themselves and about yes. their self concepts. Like, you know, as a kid, you don't really have a choice. You you don't you can't read online or read a bunch of books and say, okay, like, I just read a lot of Nietzsche, like, I think I'm going to be an existentialist, and you know what, so it's okay to have sex, or I just read about cognitive liberty, and I think it's okay to do whatever I want with my body as long as I'm not hurting other people. No, like, you're, you get your parents' morality, and you, and and if they shame you, then you feel shame, like, they're, you can't just walk away from that and be like, actually, I have a different perspective, goodbye, like. I don't feel shame, but. Yeah, 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 I actually don't. Yeah. forced to like sit there and watch her like record burn and smell it and like this is because of what you did this is the consequence of your action and like she doesn't get a choice and it's like this big feels. like public thing in the house yeah. she's like dragged down the stairs yeah. and just sobbing and it doesn't matter yeah yeah it's really scary i think like that's that's a huge thing that we don't look at too is we constantly tell people that they have a choice over how they feel and i feel like we're telling kids that with like cbt yeah yeah no i don't like no your parents like and and the adult figures in your life are like giving you instructions on how to feel yeah and also like i i guess like it's one of those things where it does kind of get into this thing where like emotions are fine and important only if they fit within a certain parameter and after a certain point it's yeah we have to like tightly control it right right and it's it's not um i don't think that's realistic yeah that's not how people are it's not it doesn't actually acknowledge what happened or the gravity of what someone is going through right right um, one thing I, I also just kind of was thinking about, like, with how isolated their family was, is, like, everyone, like, kind of in those kind of, kind of the middle class and upper middle class, there's this, like, real primacy. And even, like, there's a, like, a line that Mrs. Lisbon says where she's, like, you know, these girls are standing on their own property. When is that a crime? It's this, like, idea that everyone is sovereign over their own, yeah. like, little thing and they're a little tiny kingdom they're a little tiny kingdom and you don't interfere with it and you don't mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as long as it fits a certain amount on the outside right then you don't get to come inside and you don't yeah. get to come inside so nobody gets to have like any kind of 
and I get to control my kids and my spouse yes. and like that's and probably my wife mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more accurately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just very it's the what it's what you might expect mm-hmm. from that kind of isolation. Absolutely, yeah. It's a very individualistic kind of culture. Yeah, like it's it's like pretty much like the height of the ability to do it. I think we're probably a little less like that just because we've all I think had to live with other people yeah. a lot more than our parents did where they had like their partners or they lived by themselves. Right. And then by themselves and they found a partner and then they moved in with the partner, the partner and, now, and that's it. And then you get married and now you, now you squirt out babies right. and we're off to the races. Yeah. And you know, we've had to live with friends. We've had to, you know, uh-huh. I think we just friends, talk. roommates, strangers. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. met a surprising number of roommates off of Craigslist. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It went about as well. I imagine as, <laughs> You know, varying degrees of well. Yeah, I met some great people. I met some uh, not so great people, and uh, everyone in between. But but yeah, but yeah, our parents didn't have that. I don't think. Yeah, and just like you had this, I and it's just I don't necessarily think like having sovereign control over yourself is. I'm not critiquing that, but it's just I don't know. I just the idea that you you can see someone do something like keep their children Mm -hmm. captive. Mm -hmm. And you don't call the police. Right. You don't. And, and, and well, also, the police wouldn't do anything. Well, right. so, also they have money, too, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah, if it, if it were a poor family that was doing that immediately. There would be moral panic over it. Over it, it yeah. Uh, immediately. Yeah. That's such a thing, though. Yeah. Like, upper middle class parents don't abuse their kids. Like, that's yeah. an idea in our culture. And, yeah, I found it so interesting. We were talking with a friend who does work in the... Um, like foster care system mm-hmm. she was talking about how some of her clients came from an area that's kind of wealthy or known as wealthy and i said oh wow you have clients that come from there because i i know this i know that upper middle class parents don't really get reported to social services and instead of saying oh well some wealthy people you know do get reported or some wealthy people are found to be abusive she she said oh no there are some poor people that live in that area too like as if you know that association of course that association yeah man wow no it's just in in, like in the things that like the like the value of like absolute like autonomy over that little fiefdom like precludes the idea that abuse could happen right right like that's, that's like that 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 physically is not abuse. Abuse is what other people do. Yes, and it's you know you 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 never get to see what the abuse really is beyond mm-hmm. the isolation. Yeah, yeah, or the little bit where like Lux comes home in the taxi cab. She like grabs her by the neck and like yeah, yeah, shoves her. Shoves her, in the house. her and... She's like, you get in there this instant. Yeah, Grab. so I mean, we don't Chuck. know. Yeah. Like, to what extent there was physical abuse, we don't know. Right. We don't know any, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think the, the record burning was absolutely emotional yeah, abuse. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's interesting, too, just thinking about how, like, we have so many words for physical abuse and, like, quote-unquote, you know, um, working-class abuse or just 
abuse that we think happens. And right, yeah. But then we have, like, no words for the type of abuses that happen in the upper middle class. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, like basically, there's a lot more, like, oh, it's like, oh, you know, that you just didn't understand what they were trying to say. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, and the way it's done is very much in, like, I've noticed a lot of people be like, oh, I'm just trying to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's really a uh, barb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, it's controlling, and it's yeah, and even the way you know you said like that that record burning that's real emotional abuse right there. Like my brain was immediately like, well, but but kind of, but is and I'm then trying to find like emotional abuse in my head and going coming up kind of empty. I'm just like going through this whole stage of like, does that count? Is that abuse or is that just shittiness? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, wait a minute, abuse maybe is shitty. shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe shittiness is abuse. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, it's such a, it, it's so, it's so loaded as a word that we feel like we can't use it. Yes, yes. And, like, for things that aren't, like, within a very narrow. Yeah. Um, like, even people who have suffered physical abuse will hesitate to say that what they lived through right? was physical Absolutely. abuse, you know? Yeah. Like, even when everybody else around them is like, no, that definitely was. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they only hit me like sometimes or I was really bad. Yeah. I was I a bad deserve kid. It, though. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean we just minimize it so like it's the same kind of thing that like whatever we define as the thing is just outside of the level of like violence we think is acceptable. Right. And that's very high. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's what um that was in I, I can't remember where that was from, but it was basically like in a book about, like, I, I read this blog post by this woman that her therapist told her to go ahead and write up a definition of what, like, basically sexual coercion mm-hmm. and rape was. And she thought it would be very easy mm-hmm. to purely by legal definition yeah. go and, like, find it. And she just kept finding a bunch of, like, very particular ambiguities and yep. how it had changed over time, basically, to allow for a lot of perpetration against yeah. marginalized people in particular. And that she just kind of came to the conclusion that, like, no, it's, it's, it's just above the level of, like, coercion that's acceptable to men. Yeah. And I think that's how we think of abuse, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like... You know, we allow for a lot of things, and we don't even have yeah. words. You're right; we don't have words for a lot of what right, happened. Right, right. Yeah, and I think we often do not make the distinction between shittiness that you can and can't escape from. Oh. Like we're like, yeah. oh, someone, oh, that person was mean. Weren't they? Like, okay, but there's a huge difference between when a person is mean and you can walk away and you don't have to see them, versus when this person is your parent and making all of the rules. And regulations of your life and deciding what you can and can't do and you're with them literally every single day, every single hour, and they are mean to you and devalue you and they are shitty to you. Like, that's abuse because you have no choice but to, like, endure it. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I I think we don't, like, think about, yeah, just, like, the power dynamics. Yeah, we don't. And it's, it's, you know, because, I mean, we think it's correct. Right. That, that level of power. Like, it's, it's, like... You know, you can understand, looking at all of that, why someone who's very young would think that going 
themselves Absolutely. is the only way to get out, get away. Right, yeah. right. I mean, that physically was the only way they were going to leave the house. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was in a body bag. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. You know, and then it's... again, we just don't know a lot. We don't know yeah. what... Yeah. It was so fascinating to me, though, even all, all of the little ways that they tried to, like, get power back. But, you know, before coming to that ultimate conclusion, yeah. they're like, nope, none of this works. We're just fucked. Yeah. yeah. Like, all the, like, like, the only power that they really had for a long time was just knowledge. Mm-hmm. Just that, like, the boys kept yeah. saying, the boys kept, the boys kept saying, well, they, they knew were, everything about us. They knew everything about us, and we knew nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And, like, they wanted it that way. Like, they, they knew, they, that was... Yeah, they they explicitly like knew everything about everyone. Like that car ride scene. Oh yeah, where the boys yeah, actually finally get them, yeah. in, you know, get get to take them out of the house, get them in the car, and that's the first time like the girls are interacting with anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's like the only time that the boys actually like interact with the girls in the in the movie, like talk to them, and not at them or about them or whatever. And the girls, every single one thing is just like, look at that person, look at that, you know, they just know every single little detail of every single person's life, and they're just, like, tracking everyone and just monitoring and just hyper-vigilant yeah. about what's going on in the neighborhood because that's the only thing they can do. That's the only... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I mean, I think on a certain level that's what women do that mm-hmm. with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I think any marginalized person will look at, like, a group that is a- oppressive to them and know... Yes. Like, kind of what the the deal is Mm -hmm. for everyone they have to consistently interact with that is, like, a member of that group. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, is that person a reasonably safe white person? Yeah. They won't bother you. But this person is definitely, like, you don't want to be around them. That's that's a tiny amount of power is being able to, like, select or, like, shape the interaction. Yes. Just a little bit. Just just a little little bit. Yeah, just enough to avoid it being, like, physically dangerous. Yes. And it's it's a lot of extra emotional effort and labor mm-hmm. that people have to do. And yeah. also, like, um, I mean, that's pretty common in people that grew up in abusive households, too. Right. Just where they were very, very aware of everyone's slight changes in mood. And, you know, does this facial expression mean that they're angry? Or, yes. like, is this a neutral face? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is this an I'm going to hit you face or just I'm going to yell at you face? Yeah. And how do I, like, manage to, like, you know, I, I mean, and that, I'm lucky in that that wasn't really my experience. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, I, I had more of that with my peers mm-hmm. where I tried to, like, stay invisible. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had to be very aware of, like, if somebody was having a bad day, they were probably going to, if they made eye contact with me. That was, I was going to be tortured for five minutes. Right. And, like, it's one of those things where, like, you just, it becomes a second nature thing. Yeah. And I can't imagine what having to go home to that must be like. Yeah, absolutely. Because at least, like, even though I had no choice but to go to school, I at least had some time where I was by myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested that such a male gazy film was directed by Sophia yeah. Coppola. Yeah, yeah. I'm like really trying to like unpack that. I haven't really figured out any rhyme, any pattern. I mean, she is or... interested in like misogyny, mm-hmm. though. Like in her work, 
Um, like, I, I think, like, a appropriate criticism is that she ignores other things that are very important. Like, okay. um, but, um, like, class and race, mm-hmm. um, they're just kind of non-things in her mm-hmm. films. Um, even when they ought to be. Yeah. Like, um, there was a lot of criticism of her adaptation of The Beguiled. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bunch of southern women living in a plantation that are the protagonists, and there's a line about the slaves ever existing there and like it's otherwise an interesting movie and i just i you know it's yeah i I don't think that it necessarily denies the fact that these women are shaped by the fact that they wield the power of violence in their day-to-day life like i think it's very like just for that movie Mm -hmm. um but she is interested in misogyny and the way that like kind of material culture creates women's experience uh-huh. um like uh like Marie Antoinette is about pretty much how the institution of Versailles and the role of being queen affected mm-hmm. her experience uh-huh. like she is not separate from her, her body is not separate from the role right and so like I think that this is a another kind of examination of that and I'm not sure how successful she was at necessarily saying that I'm coming from this as a critique of the male gaze. Yeah, that's, that's I the didn't, real thing. I didn't feel that it was so self-aware. I felt like, yeah, the whole movie was kind of sympathetic towards the male gaze. Yes, yeah. Like, I think she gave them, they were children in the movie. Yeah. And it's an explicitly adult voice. Right. Looking back on teenage experiences. Yes. Um, in the novel. And I think that's oh, the big okay, difference. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I also just felt like her, you know, who she chose to portray them, you know, they were all very stereotypical. They were beautiful, yeah, like, yeah. If she 20 something, them, to be clear, 20, you know, yeah. 25, 27, 28 year old act- actresses. Right. Playing if, 14 year old. If yeah. she had chosen people, I don't know, just who are more real looking, I mean, okay, maybe. Kirsten Dunst. I mean, she was young when she made it, but she wasn't 14. And, like, she was... Yeah, I just feel like... I mean, hold on. I might be able to actually say how old she was. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Because she was 11 in 94. Okay. Kirsten Dunst? She made Interview with Vampire. Um, Kirsten Dunst? Mm-hmm. So, wow. So she really would have been only, what, 16, 17 or something? Yeah, like, when, like... I think they filmed in 98 or so. Wow. Yeah, so she was, like, within the zone. She's just a good-looking girl, like. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I actually do think all the actresses were appropriate-aged. Okay. Yeah, like, I think she knew the girl that played Therese, like, like her family and stuff like that. Okay. Hmm. And they were within a year or two of the age they were supposed to be. I still think she should have chosen, though, or she could have chosen actresses who were more real looking. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something that I would say about every, every movie. Every movie, yeah. Yeah. But I just felt like if she wanted to critique the male gaze, then, uh, you know, show women who aren't in perfect makeup and who don't have perfect body proportions. And I mean, like, also, know? I mean, she's very interested in kind of, like, celebrity culture and the okay, gaze upon okay. celebrity, yeah. which is what I think she thought of this as. Yeah, okay. So I think that might have been another reason she deliberately chose people that were beautiful. Okay. Because they were sort of, like, 
at least even in memory, were made into idols. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that that was, like, a deliberate choice. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, maybe they weren't, maybe within the, whatever, narrative of the universe, they weren't actually, like, perfect angelic dream Right, women, yeah. But they're being remembered 30 years right. later as, As like, these, like, stunning, like... Yeah. Like, each, like, all of them were beautiful, like, it's, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's accurate. But, yeah, I think, I think it is the fact that, again, she had, like, young kids playing the boys, and you're seeing them act like normal teenage boys, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, you have, like, a softness towards it, right? rather than, like, the ruminative, like, obsessive adult male voice yeah that is in the novel yeah a 30 year old man going i love that i love that 14 year old girl girl, like makes it a lot creepier yeah yeah probably why that movie didn't get made actually yeah like i I mean like no i mean like it's just it's i think it would have been very different if they had Mm -hmm. yeah Although they literally had that. They literally had, what was his name? Like, uh, uh, Trini Rabisi. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Tr- 30 year old, 30, the whatever, you know, they, they flash forward to him yeah. in the, you know, whatever, quote unquote, present day, I guess, and going, the, yeah. I never got over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he has his own, like, issues with his own, like, guilt and yeah. complicity in that. Right, right. And it's, so his own memory of her is going to be very di- completely different than. I mean, I'm more sympathetic to his kind of, yeah, maybe disinclination to discuss his private feelings on it. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, like, he actually had a real personal relationship with Lux. Right. And they spent, he obviously didn't tell them about everything about her. He kept things to himself. Mm-hmm. And they're only we are only hearing what they chose to remember what he told them. Right, absolutely. Rather than, I mean, he might have sat there for, like, 40 minutes describing how she really liked something. Yeah. You know, she really was interested in the guitar, or she really liked going to, you know, like, he could have said all kinds of stuff about her, and we don't see it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I definitely, I wrote down, and I had in my head, like, the, like, whatever, the reason he ditched her in the football field. Was that like, like, yeah, the, like everyone else in the movie, right? He had her on this pedestal, this mysterious, magical angel woman, and that, like, she stopped being, being that. She stopped being on the, the pedestal, and she just was a person, and he couldn't, and he wasn't interested mm-hmm. in the person. And, like, that that was my impression of I what, think that, that, that there is something to that. Yeah. Like, I, I also kind of interpret it as there may have been too many real feelings there for him when he was used to having sex be this very transactional, like, mm-hmm. gratification-centered yeah, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But he did really... I mean, this isn't exactly clear in the in the movie, but it was very transactional for him. Mm-hmm. Um, where he kind of almost felt like he owed people that because yeah. he could. And I, I was saying earlier that he... He had a very early sexual experience with an adult woman when he was about 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that really screwed him up and his relationship with sex. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he could have handled like a, you know, a regular dating with feelings 
relationship at that time. I mean, he romanticizes that time in his life when he talks to them about it. Oh, yeah, he's clearly that guy that peaked in high school, right? Like Yeah, that yeah, and it's, 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 like, that's how he sees it, even though you're just, like, no, you were probably, like, pretty traumatized and were yeah. trying to, like, sort through that, and then you found yourself being, like, I mean, he's the only man that's, like, objectified right. in the whole thing, so, I mean, it's almost like he's a perfect yeah. He's in the perfect place to understand Lux. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he probably did on yeah. some level, and that's too much. Mm-hmm. And also, he might just be dumber than a bag of hammers. <laughs> like, right, right. like it's, it's one of those things where, like, it's, yeah, it's just a lot messier yes. than um, the relationship that these other kids had with them. Right. It's a lot more real. Are we at speed run? I think so, yeah. Usually we wrap up our episodes by just going through all the bullet, any, any bullet points, <laughs> any leftover thoughts, any miscellaneous okay. crap that we couldn't fit in. Yeah. We just flash through it all, lightning speed. So, I'll start. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in the very first shot of a film, right? Like, what? what's the first thing they want to show you? Uh-huh. That? And the first shot of this is Kirsten Dunst standing in the middle of frame, does something a little bit sexy, and then leaves, and all you're left is this mm-hmm. idyllic, perfect world with no Kirsten Dunst in it. Huh. That's how the movie starts. Yeah. That's the whole movie. Yeah, and then, like, the we opening shot is of the neighborhood. And, too, like, it's yeah. just, like, all the... Like, yeah, yeah, and then they show... And then they, yeah, 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 and then like, after that, then they go through the neighborhood. But the first, the very, the very first, first shot... thing is, like, of her, like, sitting there, like... I think she was, like, sucking on a lollipop or something. something yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I have this line. I just, we've said it on the podcast before, but I just love this line. Obviously, Doctor, you've never been a 13 year old girl. That's in response to like, what did you yeah. say? Like, oh, why? Your life isn't too hard. You yeah, yes. yeah. You I know love it. that. I love it so much. It's, <laughs> I'm just like, no, you haven't. It was yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to just, like shame her out of like attempting suicide again. They're like, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's like no. Um, I'm trying to think of any like little bullety points that I could. Like, I thought it was like so like again like this is sort of like a backhanded shaming of their mother, but I also thought it was just the level of callousness that people had towards mm-hmm. like like the neighborhood is a functioning. Thing that bolsters their own wealth. It's not necessarily like a community of people. Yeah. And like when the woman was like, "Oh, you know, like she just wanted out of that house," and the other lady, "Oh, she just wanted out of that decorating oh stand." Yeah. Did you know, did you notice that woman was dressed in a a peach jacket? Oh yeah, her peach paint and her peach. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean everything her. is this very like surface yeah. world, and it doesn't have anything to do with real like fellow feeling honestly and it just it really uh, yeah the the neighborhood is a mechanism not a collective it's not a collective yeah yeah Yeah. so that 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 line always like struck me and i was just like jesus (laughs) how how the fuck could you say that about someone who lost their daughter like (laughs) yeah i was 
I, yeah, I, I, I kind of changed, whatever, brought this a little bit earlier, but like just the scene where the priest comes and visits them just still just like fascinates me. Oh, I know. The, and, and like that whole, like that, I thought it was so sad that like the first thing he tells her is like, I said her death was an accident, yeah. not a suicide. Yeah. And I just, I was like, that's, that's kind. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that you have to navigate around right. that is awful. Like, it's, it's, like, the idea that it's, like, don't worry, you made it so, like, you know, like, the our, No like, shame will come to your family. No yes. shame will come yes. to your family. Yeah, oh. exactly. And she could be buried in the Catholic cemetery. Right. Oh. You know? Oh, I hadn't caught yeah. that implication. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just, just that even, even he, like, the, the, the family, like, immediately just, like, locks up and refuses to, like... Yes. Like, even the priest, right, like, it... it even the priests, like, they won't open to him. Like, Yeah, it's a very, it, they are very, like, they're, they're seen as, like, notably closed off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, father, the father is avoiding, the mother is just cold. But the girls are showing, they, like, when he goes to visit the, the girl, they're right? together. Yeah. Not only are they together, they're, like, all, like, draped over each other seductively, like it's a fucking harem. Like, it's a harem yeah, of teenagers. I'm like, yeah, that is bad. And he's just yeah. like, okay, I'll leave you alone, girls. Like, that's that's it. That's the whole family. Yeah. Like, again, like, this is like, this is the whole family in one visual, one uh-huh. amazing right, visual metaphor. Right, the dad's right, kind of disconnected, right. doesn't know how to talk to anybody. The mom is just like, and is, is brooding alone. Brooding alone. And the girls are all just an anonymous gaggle yeah. of attractive yeah. blondes. And a, a, yeah. a, a pile, a pile of attractive blondes is sort of in a heap in the corner. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then, like, the fact that, like, it is, like, kind of a oddly eroticized image, even though that should have been, like, a moment of, like, familial affection. Yes. Yes. And, like, it could have easily been. Mm-hmm. But just the idea that even, like, their family priest thought of them that way. Mm, yeah. Or, yeah, and this is the thing with the narrator, I guess, or the narration. Yes, How many layers yeah. of male gaze removed are yeah, we? Like, yeah. right, is this, right. Is this the boys remembering Bring going? Him. And the priests, and the priests went in there and, they oh, all, together. The, all the, cute, yeah, all the right. cute girls were all together. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Um, oh, I had something in my head. Okay, what? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Okay, I'll go. Um, uh, yeah, I, I also had the note about like, listing the suicide as an accident and how I think there's just a lot of shame in general around suicide. And, um, yeah, on one hand, you have these people being like, treated as mystical and mysterious and we'll never know and this everlasting fantasy permanent memory thing but then also like but to talk about the cold hard reality of the fact that they were in so much pain that the only mistake they had was to die like no no that's too shameful we were, we were not going to talk about it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. I actually like I don't like again I don't really have a thesis statement on this but like what do you think the role their dad played in creating that environment I actually am really interested to see what you might have thought um, yeah, I felt that he was basically, um, just complicit in everything, complicit in the way they were locked up. Like, at one point he, um, I guess, what was his name, Trip? Yeah. He talked to the dad and says, I'd like to take your daughter to homecoming, and the dad basically says, oh, well, I, you know, they can't really leave the house. The mother kind of decided that, but he's kind of agreeing with it, supporting her, and not really questioning whether, um, these girls should be allowed to have their own 
lives. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's like not in touch with them emotionally at all. I think that's part of it too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of like toxic masculinity. He doesn't see it as his responsibility to talk to them about what's no. going on. No. Girls have feelings, you know. You yeah. know, like I, that's their mother's area mm-hmm. and I provide and that's all I do. Yeah. Yep. And it's, he, in the novel, he's, that, that's pretty much exactly how he comes off mm-hmm. in the yeah. book is that he's ineffectual mm-hmm. in every way. But again, I'm not sure how much of that is layered through this idea of the mother being this overbearing, like, woman who's in control of everything. And I I, I don't know. I I, I wish I... I don't know if I can take it at face value. Because it could go both ways, right? That, like, either she's overbearing and... And so he just gets out of her way, way and or, or that he's just sort of, he just sort of lets everything go and like, is kind of just disconnected. And so she has to like, so she feels like she has to like right, take so she, over she and like hold everything. She's, yeah. trying, she's trying to yeah. hold everything together because the dad's yeah, just checked no, out. Right. That makes, that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or that he agrees with his wife. And that they mutually made this decision and right. he holds the same value. And she just she gets to be bad cop. And she's yeah. the bad cop, yeah. 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 And it's not clear. It's just really not, and it's interesting. Yeah, it is. What was your point? <laughs> that was. Um, I love the scene with the hurricane metaphor. Oh, I know. I love that. In the movie. <laughs> yeah. Where Trip first like approaches her in the movie theater while they're watching a film about hurricanes and while he's like trying to hit on her, it's this, you know, old-timey narrator is talking about how the cold front and the warm front meet together and then all there's all these like sexual language mm-hmm. about like the cold front slips over and wraps around the warm fronts and mm-hmm. things like that and uh, you know, and it's just ah, oh, there's so much in that scene, it's just, it's great. I mean, it's sweet too. Like, I mean, because yeah, like it's not like they're not even being like aggressively sexual. Mm-hmm. They're just no. trying to hold hands. Yeah. Like it's it's sweet. Yeah, it's a cute scene. Yeah, and it's you know it's ordinary, and you wish that they could have kept it as something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than it being like this awful prelude to yeah death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah, just from a craft standpoint, just like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that was a great, great that was a great scene. Amazing scene. Um, yes. I don't know, like, I've always kind of examined it from all those things rather than necessarily, like, I sort of, again, like, took for granted that their emotional pain was, like, reasonable and valid, and I just kind of took that as an implicit part of the story, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Right. And so I just kind of projected, I think, a lot onto... It's hard to say whether this is a good example of what suicidal people might be like or not. Because it is such, like, a specific circumstance to them, and it's more of a metaphor for all these other things rather than... I mean, it, it is, I mean, it's treated like a metaphor, even though, again, you have, like, this messy reality of right. dead people. 
yeah. in people that were in a lot of pain, and it's pain that is unspeakable. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a good example of how suicidal people are treated and constructed yes. within society. I don't mm. know if it's a good example of like what suicide is actually like. Like I think yeah, like that's. Yeah, it can be, like, yeah, and that's, 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 I was just kind of thinking about that. I was, like, trying to bring it back to my own, like, like, to me, like, the, the scariest part about those thoughts and feelings is how ordinary they are Mm -hmm. and how much they slip into your regular day. You have them, it's a life and death struggle for a while, and then you go back and you get up and you make a sandwich and you carry on. Mm -hmm. You don't, I never stopped for them. Yeah. And so, like. That also feels, like, kind of real, the way that they went about their normal... Because who knows how long they had them. Right, right. Individually or collectively. Like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know if Cecilia talked to her sisters. We don't know if Mm -hmm. there was initially a plan to have all of them go at the same time, even with her, or any of that. And so it's... Yeah. It's hard to say how they treated it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I had, I wrote down the quote when they're all talking about, um, like, the, the media is talking about the youth and what are they up to, and we need to be careful and wary about what our youth are doing. One of the quotes was, suicide is an act of violence whose reality adolescence can separate from its drama. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, the thing is that, like, it's obvious that the community can't accept the reality right. away from the drama, like, right. the way it's being right. treated, like, it's so, and also, like, the fact that it was considered an act of violence on par with murder. Yes. Yes. Was interesting. Or that that's the violence, not confining children, children yeah. or, like, putting them in a state where they would be right. so desperate. Right. That, right. Like, that's not... That's yeah, like I had, you're, you're right. I totally had, I had slipped, that had slipped my mind because I thought that was like outrageous. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. As a side note, fuck you, Lydia Pearl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For real. Hi, are you a grieving family? I, I just, I would love some tidbits about your dead sister. Like, <laughs> And, like, the speed, when they started, like, protesting that tree, like, the speed at which her van, like, whips around the corner, she jumps out, and it's just like, oh, man, she has been hanging out. Yeah. She has been hanging out down the street. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. You're just like, Christ. And, like, the thing is that, like, it makes more sense in the book where it's been, like, days. Okay, okay. And, uh, like, and obviously, like, if they're like, oh, good, another puff piece, like, great, we'll send the woman reporter out to talk about yeah. feelings and girls. Right. <laughs> it was just very strange. Yeah. There's a line, the mother, after the, after the all five of them are dead, the mother says something like, none of my daughters ever lacked for any love. That's, yeah. yeah, like demonstrably untrue, but it's, mm-hmm. it's it, that's how these things go, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like, like I, I, you've heard that I from so many people. I don't know what could have happened. We love her so much. We miss her so much. I wish she could come back. It's like, it just tells you how. I I think kind of the idea of love versus possession gets very blurred. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so true. I, yeah, I think that's, like, such a thing, too, that upper middle class people like to, oh, your parents clearly love you. Like, I'm told that all the time, too, when I'm talking about my parents and not my childhood. It's kind of hard sometimes. People are like, oh, but, like, you shouldn't complain. Your parents, like, you know, they, they cared tremendously about how well you did in school, and they really wanted you to get good grades, and they were very involved in your life, and, like, they were like, clearly that's love. Like, how can you not acknowledge that? I was accused a lot as a kid of being like ungrateful for them, and it's like, yeah, they bought like, you things. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's not necessarily love. Like, yeah. it's involvement and it's yeah. attention, but it's not necessarily like unconditional love. I right. mean, that's a different. And if you're doing it to kind of maintain your image and maintain your class status, yes. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, you saw a lot of, like, kind of the way that the parents at the end were talking about their daughter. Yeah. They were talking about her accomplishments. They weren't talking about her. Right. And it's mm. kind of this idea that your children are the way that you maintain your class status. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's, there is a certain amount of that in, especially in, it's not like you're so wealthy that you can not give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still have to hustle a little bit for your class status, and especially when, again, there's, like, this constant monitoring from everyone in your neighborhood. Right. Of very specific things. Not, uh, it's whether or not they cleaned up the garbage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after they kidnapped their children and kept them in the house. Right. <laughs> but they didn't rake the fucking leaves. Yeah. How dare they? <laughs> right. It's very appearance Um, one thing I will say is that in the novel it's he is able to afford living in that neighborhood partially because of his affiliation with that school, not okay. because of his own salary. Uh-huh. So they are kind of like very precariously. They're the poor class. rich. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 They're not in the same universe of wealth as these other people. Right. Wow. I think that's almost all of my... Yeah. yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm ready. Cool. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad Absolutely. you liked it. I'm, yeah. I was excited, so... <laughs> yeah, this was a great film. I... Yeah, I've heard of it a lot, so I'm really happy to finally watch it. Yeah, I was surprised you hadn't seen it before, because it's such, like, a yeah. thing that there, it's, like, you've seen, like, a mentally ill girl. You yeah. should see it. <laughs> like, it's like this. Girl interrupted. Right. You know, like, yes. you are an edgy girl here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because it doesn't promote, I think Girl Interrupted ends up side, being on the side of you know, post-psychiatry, post Yes, definitely. Absolutely it does, yeah. Like, I mean, this one probably wasn't recommended to me as much because it's not Right, it's, it's infectual. It's infectual, yeah. yeah. So, that's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is no answer. Yeah. There is no answer. We shouldn't tell children to watch this. Yeah. There's no lesson to be learned. Why would she? Like, I mean, a lot of the girls that's all were like, I feel that, but also I want to be as bad as Lux. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to have sex with Josh Hartman. <laughs> like, like, I think that might have been a lot of it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
like that was like his peak time too. I was like, damn, this is some vintage stuff. <laughs> I remember though, it's, it is interesting. Like in high school, like wishing that I could just get up enough courage to like kill myself because everyone hated me so much, and I knew that like if I killed myself, at least then I could be like as cool as someone who actually did it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like I have the guts. Yeah. Yeah. And would, like speak well of me after my death and kind of memorialize me in this way and like. I wanted that so badly, but like, you know, I didn't, but yeah, it's like that doesn't happen when you're actually. No, like, no, it's just like people treat you like crap. Or, yeah. Or they don't treat you like anything. Like, you're just what happens with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Um, tell us what you think in the comments. Yes. Yes. And like us on Facebook. Actually, yeah, yeah. Or, like, share the podcast with a friend. Like, tell... Mm-hmm. Make it your goal for the week to work this into one conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then people say, wow, that's really insightful. And you say, yeah, I heard it on a podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then have people just be like, what? Tune out. Like, no. No, like, please. I mean, I literally do that. I literally start... I literally start sentences with, like... Like, so I was listening to a podcast this week, actually. And it was interesting. They were talking about... Yeah. And they said something interesting. People go, what? What podcast that? And I go, oh, it was... You know, it's Planet Money. It's from NPR, or or, or oh, it's, it's it's this great it's this great little show. It's called whatever. You should totally listen to it. They were talking about Hitler last week. It's listen, I I've gotten my parents on board with these, so <laughs> with the concept yeah. of podcasts. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Like my mom loves murder, yeah. and there's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, hey mom. Yeah. yeah a lot of murder shows. <laughs> you love murder. Here's this, and she's like. Yes, thank you. Have so, you ever heard of a little thing called cereal? Yeah, right. Like, yes. Yeah, it's funny though. I think my parents. I, I tried to get them to listen. Or they did. They listened to this podcast. I did this interview. I did for Men in America's podcast. Yeah, it's a bit different. It's like very formal. Like, right. Yeah, it's a formal. Interview. Like the whole point is to like they go through and trim you out of all of right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as possible. Uh-huh. And, but yeah, my parents, like, listened, and they were like, oh, like, this is too long. Like, 90 minutes, like, you know, people don't have that long of like, attention you, No, like, I've listened to, like, four-hour-long yeah, yeah, podcasts yeah, yeah. before, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to my audiobook instead. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. I'm gonna watch a movie or whatever. It's like, who decides, like, what's too long? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so awful. <laughs> no, I mean they were No, but nice. they really love nice you. But they it. really they love were, you. They were really sweet about <laughs> it, and like, yeah, they were just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, oh, this is a little because it's just interesting. Like, people aren't always like open to the podcasts. format. They yeah, they don't yeah. know the thing. Oh, and yeah. yeah, no, my mom will listen to these podcasts and then just cold call me. Yeah, like I on a different podcast that I used to do with my brother. Right, like she, we, we we talk about Star Wars, and we both agree that Rogue One sucks. We both we both agree on that, and that's fine, and whatever. And so I'm just going about my life one day, and I get a call from her. She's like, I have some thoughts, and I'm like, what? She's like, about Rogue One. I'm like, okay. She's like, I was listening to your podcast in the car, and I had to pause it and call you to I'm tell so you. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was so intimidated the first time. She was like, I have some thoughts about the Madness in Movies podcast, and I was like, oh my god, this is so scary. What? She's gonna be like, I do not think it is healthy for people to glamorize mental illness or talk about no. 
but she was totally chill about it. She was totally, yeah. I like, was, like, so scared. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. I, I told my parents that I was, that I have my other one, uh-huh. and, uh, they, they, they just kind of were like, that's nice, dear, like, <laughs> Like, my dad's read the books, okay. so he might be interested, actually, in, like, what we have to say about it, but he was just like, okay, like, I'm gonna have my own private experience yeah, with these, yeah. rather than, like, necessarily, like, I think they also, like, are like, oh, that's kind of a private thing she's doing, yeah, they don't want to, like, they don't want to, like, step on my toes yeah, with that, which is yeah. kind of nice, actually, it's, they're, they're, they're pretty good about that kind of thing, so... Anyway, yeah. All right, so. So, These guys so tell people job. about us. <laughs> yeah. Tell your parents. <laughs> tell your parents to listen then, to this. And then tell us the stories of your parents listening to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're all over the internet. Yep. Come find us. Yep. Um, okay. I, Bye. Bye. Bye.